hallelujah for your goodness and your kindness towards us amen grab your bibles and stand with me to, and go to psalms one psalms one verses two through three to all of our elders and ministers, to our deacons, our mothers, to own wife, to all of God's people. Psalms 1, verses 2 through 3. I thank God for our music ministry. I told them this morning we've missed them the past three weeks. And it's so good to have them back in the house. Psalms 1, verses 2 through 3. We began a new series entitled Reset. Psalms 1, 2 through 3. I'm reading from the New Living Translation of the Bible. When you have it, say amen. amen. If you don't, just say, wait, Pastor, wait on me, wait. And it reads as this, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river brook, bearing fruit each season. Their lives never wither. And they prosper in all that they do. I'm read that again. But they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the river brook, the river bank, bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. I want to use for a title this morning: Growing Stronger. Growing Stronger. God, we thank you. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. God, we lift you up because you are a great God and you are worthy to be praised. God, thank you that we are alive. Thank you that we are well. Thank you, Father God, that you have kept us to see another day, another year, another month. God, thank you. It's not that we've been so good, not that we've been so kind. It's that you've been so good, you've been so great, and you've been so kind. We give you all the praise, the glory, and the honors. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, Amen. As you're taking your seat, just say something to your neighbor. Fist bump them, elbow them. Just don't slap them. Amen. We don't, we don't want to get you out of jail today. Amen. We don't want Carbondale PD in, at 400 East Main Street today. Just don't slap them. Don't do it. Amen. They save and love Jesus, but they still know how to lay hands. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> Growing stronger. A new year is always great because it's almost like a refresher. It is the, it's the opportunity to be able to do some things differently. It's the chance to be able to do some things that you may have never done before. It's the opportunity to be able to, do, to stop doing certain things that you may not want to do or should be doing altogether. It is a fresh new opportunity. We make New Year's, revolution, uh, New Year's resolutions and saying different things that we're going to do, how we're going to eat better, how we're going to exercise. In fact, we go to the gym and we're getting everybody else's way because we have no intent of doing anything at all. We've invested money into workout, workout clothes and we do all that stuff. We leave the house dry and we come home dry because we have not worked the muscle at all. We make all these plans that I'm going to do better with my eating. I'm going to eat better. I'm not going to spend as much money on Amazon. I'm not going to spend as much money at Dunkin Donuts. I'm not going to save my money more. I'm going to do better. And we have all of these things that we're going to do. We want to do better at relationships and reaching out with people. But for most times, 
one of the things that we don't have as a part of our New Year's resolutions is to be able to grow stronger in our walk and relationship with Christ. We have a whole list again of stuff that we want to do, how we want to get better, but we never care about our souls in making sure that our spiritual growth and development is a priority in our lives. Saints of God, I, I, I'm sorry to share this news with you this morning. It, it, it makes no sense for you to do well with your money and don't have a strong relationship with Christ. It makes no sense to do well with the outer part of your body and you're working out and you got a six-pack and get a four-pack and get a 12-pack and get all those things going on and you care nothing about your spiritual health. It makes no sense to talk about how you're going to cut back on this and cut back on that, but you don't desire to grow a real, genuine relationship with Christ because here's the other news is this. Going to church is not enough because for some, we don't even do that. But going to church is not enough, whether online or in person, it's not enough. It has to be something that is done on a continual basis to help us to be able to grow in our walk with Christ. Here it is, a reset is what we all need. We all need a reset because here it is, a reset is able to restore us back to the original settings. Every now and then, my phone, my phone has a mind of its own and sometimes I'm not able to, you know, text messages aren't coming through like they should phone calls aren't coming through like they should and I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my phone I know I didn't pay my bill I know I didn't kept up with all the updates and I'm trying to figure out what's happened and I frustrate myself minister land because I'm going through all these list of things that could be done wrong with my phone and nothing is fixing it and then I realize I'm going to have to perform a soft reset on my phone so that it can be able to recalibrate and get back to the way that it needs to be. And just as I have to do that with my phone, you may have to do that with your phone every now and then. You and I have to do that with our spiritual growth and development. January, the first of the year, is a great opportunity for us to be able to reset, to recalibrate, to get ourselves back on track with God because if our relationship with God is not tight, Everything else doesn't even matter. It's good, but it doesn't matter. Because the Bible says, what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and yet lose his soul? What does it profit for you to excel in every area of your life, in work, in your marriage, in your relationship, in your money, in your health, in parenting, and, let, and yet you lose your soul? Because the harsh reality is this. It's a lot of church goers that are not interested in growing to be more Christ-like. That they are okay with Sunday morning attendance and getting whooped by the enemy Monday through Saturday and go to church on Sunday, get my shot on, get my praise on. Maybe I'll stand for praise and worship. I'm being a little petty this morning. Maybe I won't, but yet still, I'm okay with that. And I go right back to being defeated by the enemy. And therefore, how? How? How do we settle to excel in every area of our lives and, and, and realizing the sacrifice that was paid for you and I to live a life more abundantly through Christ? But we failed to spend time with him. We run to him in emergencies and we bargain with God. God, if you bring me out of this, I'm going to be in church 42 Sundays in the year, Lord, if you bring me through. 
God, if you bring me through this, I'm going to tithe on everything that I get. I'm going, I'm going to give. I'm going to give my socks if you tell me to. And he does it. And we do nothing. You know, I will feel some type of way. I feel some type of way when folks only come to me when they need something but never talk to me any other time. I feel some type of way, and I'm sure God will have to feel some type of way. That it was almost like with the children of Israel. When they got in trouble, they cried out to God to deliver them, to bring them through, and God would bring them through. And what would they do? They would revert back and turn right back to their idols and to their other gods until they got in trouble again. And they would cry out to God, and God would bring them out. Got to ask you this question. Is your spiritual growth and development a priority in your life? That, I'm going to ask this question. Do you desire to grow spiritually? Because I've realized in pastoring, I can preach good messages. We can have good Sunday school going on, great small groups, great Bible study. Great opportunities for our children to be able to grow and to learn. But if you don't take advantage of them, planning, preparation, marketing, money has just been thrown away. Is your spiritual growth and development a priority in your life? Or do we just see, that, see God as a sugar daddy? Only coming for some sweets and treats but don't desire an intimate relationship with him. Psalms 1, 2, and 3 says, but they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their lives never wither, and they prosper in all that they do. Here it is, since God, let me get right to the book, because you done got real quiet, and that's good, because you're thinking about what's being said. Here's what the psalmist shares with us that we can already pull away from verse 2. Growing strong comes with the responsibility of delighting in and meditating on God's word continually, continually. Everybody say continually. Everybody say continually again. That means it is an ongoing thing. It's not just a Sunday morning thing. Our relationship with God, our spiritual growth and development surpasses Sunday morning. It's not enough time. It's not enough time in the day because now I know, I know online church has gotten us spoiled. Now church can't go no longer than an hour and 15 minutes because we put up the church finger and we're already going out the door. And if we have not put up the church finger, we've already checked out if we're going over time. So our church is not enough in person. There has to be a continuation outside of Sunday morning where we are continuing to grow and to chew and to delight and to meditate on the word of God. I like it because the psalmist says, the psalmist says that hey, those who are believers of Jesus Christ and desire to walk, desire to be more that God has called for them to do, they delight in the word of God. In other words, let me ask this question, what makes you happy? What makes you happy? What is it that puts a smile on your face. Be real because some of the stuff that makes us happy has nothing to do with the word of God. But what makes you happy? What makes you leap on the inside? Can I tell you what makes me happy? When I got a good meal to eat. Oh my God. Tell me we're going to Longhorn and Paducah and I will, I will shout and dance real quick 
Because I already know what I'm going to get. Because I've taken delight in the meal that they offer. I've taken delight. Tell me about a good sale while I give me a good soup. Let me roll through the line and Dunkin' Donuts is open and my favorite server is there ready with my coffee made before I get in because they saw my car pull up. That's what makes me happy. But if the only thing that we take delight and joy in are just fleshly things that makes us happy, what happens when we don't have that meal that we want? What happens when that suit that we desire or that outfit that we desire we can't get? What happens when our favorite server is not there to give us what we want? Then our lives are in shambles. And so what the psalmist is telling us that you and I have to have delight in not just those things that bring us pleasure and those things that we like, but we must delight in the things of God that can be able to sustain us through life storms. And not just delight in the things of God, but delighting in the word of God. Thank God. Thank God for the late mother, Catherine Calvert, because she taught us for over 40 plus years in the teaching and the preaching through Sunday school, how it was so incredible and imperative for the believers of Jesus Christ to take delight in the word of God. It was so imperative to her that she woke up four, three, four o'clock in the morning before she went to work to have undistracted time with God. In his word. The psalmist is saying that if we, you and I, desire to grow stronger, that you and I have to take delight in the word of God. In other words, we have to learn to love the word of God, that it becomes a part of who we are. It becomes a part of our lives, that we're not just running to God when we are in trouble and thank God that he is a refuge in the time of trouble, but that we find comfort in his word, that even if he does not change our situation, that we still find comfort in his word. Even when he does some things that we may not like, that we still find comfort and delight in his word, that what? has the power to sustain us through whatever we go through. Growing strong comes with the responsibility in delighting and also look at the other word that he used in meditating on God's word. Continually look at what the psalmist says. He says I meditate on it day and night. That is a continual thing that happens. That the word is constantly on my mind. That the word is constantly on my heart. That I'm constantly chewing on the word of God. I got convicted a while back. Holy Spirit interrupted me as I'm preparing for Sunday morning and just shared with me that, hey, listen, Swims, your time with me as you're preparing to cook food for everybody else is not, that's your sermon prep time. That's not my time to deal with you. Sunday school teachers, your time and purpose for Sunday school is not your quiet time. That's the time that you're preparing a meal for everybody else. There has to be a time that God is able to deal with us and us without titles, without positions, and deal with the core of who we are in order to be able to get us straight and to get us on the path and being more like him. Look at this. I like the way Pastor Stephen Cole, how he addresses the word meditate. He says meditate is to think about, think about what the word says and how it applies to all of life. Meditation is to reading what digestion is to eating, chewing on it, and letting it become a part of who you are. 
That's why you can't read the word on the fly. That's why, oh God, I'm about to get in trouble. Oh Jesus, I'm going to go ahead and say it anyway. I'm about to be 38, so I'm going to say it anyway. Here it is. Here it is. Here it is. You and I cannot grow in our relationship with God on the fly. Having a Bible app on your phone that you check off once you're done is not enough. Because most times, I'm sorry, new, new, because sometimes what we've done is we read it just to say that we got it done and we check it off to get off our list so that we're not guilty later on about not spending time with God. But if I were to ask you, what did your, what did your devotional on your app on your phone say? Well, Pastor, I was reading, and then I thought about it. I have to run to Walmart to pick up some gain to wash some clothes. We forget. Because our minds are all over the place, thinking about what we got to get done, what didn't get done yesterday, what we still need to do, who we need to call. Not yet somebody called me, Mommy, Daddy, I need some. Yeah, all these things going on. If we are going to grow in our relationship with Christ, it is going to require time that we set aside to be along with God. Jesus was the great example because the Bible says that whenever he would do great ministry he would go off in the cut somewhere in solitude to be with his father. Why? Because he realized ministry will not be impactful. Thank you Jesus. If I don't have time with the creator. He realized I cannot do healings and deliver people if I don't have time to be with him. He invited his disciples and came down and said, can you not pray with me for an hour? If Jesus understood that I got to make time and carve out time to get off in the cut and to be with my God, what makes us different than that? Meditation is to reading what digestion is to eating. We're chewing on it, letting it become a part of who we are, letting it become a part of you. That's why, saints of God, we cannot grow on the fly. That if there's a scripture, if there's a chapter, you don't have to rush through just to say that you got it done. Take your time to chew on it because the more you chew on it, the more the Holy Spirit will reveal. The more you chew on it, the more the Holy Spirit will begin to convict and to show you how this word applies to your life. You don't, you don't just chew a good steak one time and swallow it. You let that thing savor in your mouth. Don't let it, don't, 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 don't let it be uh, uh, cooked just right. And then you add the sides along with it with the mashed potatoes and the gravy and, and the broccoli and then get you a strawberry lemonade. You take your time in chewing. Why? Because you've tasted it and you see that it's good. And that has to be the same way with the word of God. That when we come to the word of God to read and to study the word of God, that we are chewing on that word and we're allowing time for the Holy Spirit to be able to allow that word to become a part of who we are and to reveal things about us of where we need to grow and where we need to get better to be better disciples of Jesus Christ. Can't grow on the fly. It takes time. And it takes Intimate time. Everybody say intimate. 
It takes intimate time to spend with God in his word that we get to encounter him. And not just we encounter him, but his word encounters us. And that word sits down on the inside of us. Because we're looking for answers from everywhere else. We're looking, we're looking, we're looking for answers from everywhere else. We're looking at freaking fortune cookies. And we about to spaz out because the fortune cookie says something. It is a cookie! Eat the cookie. That's it. That's it. We're dibbling and dabbing into other things that's not like God. We're looking at tarot cards trying to figure out what our future's going to be. What? Because what we do, thank you, Holy Spirit, what we do is we look for, we look for convenience. And not where we, 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 will, we will overlook hard work for convenience. Whatever while is easy. If I could look at a tarot card and go meet with somebody and they can tell me what my future will be. But we have the word of God that tells us I have plans and a future for you. I have an expected end for you. But we're looking for the next prophet to come in town, not knocking prophets, but we're looking for the next prophet to come in town to give you a word for your life, but you can have a word every day. You have a prophet to come to town, but you have a pastor every week that, that preaches, but you will ignore what they say, but listen to somebody that all they want is your money. I'm just, I'm just saying what I'm saying. You ain't got to say nothing. I know I'm right about it. But you can get in the word for yourself. You and I cannot grow and mature in the things of God with a lazy disposition. Because it's going to take work. It's going to take work. It's going to take work. Mother Calvert taught Sunday school for over 40 years, did not have a computer, did not have access to the internet. She had commentaries, 40 years worth of Sunday school books, commentary that she never threw away. She had stuff highlighted and written in there to go back as reference points. She studied. She didn't look to see what some other preacher said about it. She studied to see what was written. She consulted commentaries, but she, led, she was led by the Holy Spirit on what to preach and teach. Work. It's more than just checking off an app. It's more than just saying, I laid me down to sleep. It's more than just knowing Jesus wept. <laughs> Real growth happens when we put in the work yeah. to study, to show ourselves, to study so that we are not bamboozled and tricked by every slick word we hear. Amen. If we're going to grow stronger. It comes with delighting and meditating on God's word continually, day and night, which means we got to make time to grow. Somebody look at your neighbor and say, you got to make time to grow. Yeah. 
How you gotta make time to grow. No excuses is only adjustments. You gotta make time to grow. You gotta make time to get into the word of God. You gotta make time to get into the word and allow the word to get into your heart. We gotta make time to get into the word of God and to study his word so that we can be able to grow. Because here's the goal. The goal is to transition from duty to delight. In our growth, in our process of growing and being disciples of Jesus Christ, the goal is to transition from duty, but I must do this to I want to do this. I want to be with God. I want to be with him. I want to be with him. I want to be with God. I, 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 I can't wait to have that time to be with him where it's just me and him and me and his word and he can be able to deal with me. He can be able to get to me. He can be able to speak to me. He can be able to deal with my heart. He can be able to deal with my attitude. He can be able to deal with my disobedience. I cannot wait for that time. Because the real reality is, in the beginning, many may not, many may not want to say this, but it, it will be a struggle, and it will be, oh my gosh, I got to do this. But the more we continue to do it, the more that we continue to ask the Holy Spirit to deal with our hearts to help us, the more it will become that I, I cannot wait to be with God. I cannot wait to meet him in the morning. I can't wait to meet him at night to get into this word. Oh man, let me hurry up because y'all getting mad at me and I love it. Here it is, verse three. He says, they delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on the day and night. Then he says, they are like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. Their, their leaves of a wither and they prosper in all that they do. Growing strong, growing strong does not just come with the responsibility of delighting in and meditating on God's word continually, but going, growing strong also results in deep roots. I like how the psalmist uses the analogy, illustration of the tree. He says it's like a tree that's there on the riverbank. And the tree is able to flourish because in Hebrew, the, the, the tree, is, it, it symbolizes endurance. It symbolizes stability. He says, as the tree is along the riverbank, the tree is nervous because the water, all the water that keeps coming down the riverbank keeps flowing over into the tree. And the more water that the tree has, the more its roots begin to get deeper and the more it's able to grow. And so the, the, the blessing behind the tree developing deep roots and being able to be stable and, and, and to endure is so that when a storm comes through the riverbank, that particular tree will not be easily taken down or broken or shambled because it has strong roots to be able to stabilize them, to make it through the storms and to make it through all the chaos that may happen. Oh my goodness. And it's the same way it is with believers of Jesus Christ that if you and I can be able to make it a priority in our lives to grow spiritually, he can be able to water us with his word that will stabilize us to have endurance that no matter what comes our way we'll be able to make it brother Moses stood yesterday and had remarks at his wife's funeral and still gave God praise how 
Do you still profess that God is good? And your wife has just died? You can't wait to develop roots when the storm comes. <laughs> I wish I had help in this church today. You cannot wait until you're in the storm to have roots. You've got to develop roots before the storm comes because when the storm hits and you're not grounded, it's too late then. You will be overtaken by everything that is happening. But if you start watering your life with the word of God before your marriage gets crazy, if you start watering your life with the word of God before your kids go nuts, if you start watering your life with the word of God before your health gets crazy, if you start watering your life with the word of God before you get in financial trouble if you start watering your life with the word of God before life happens it will happen you will make it through but you will make it through better than anybody else did because you'll be rooted and grounded in the word of God and say I will not be moved by this because I know what my father has already said in his word and I'm standing on his word and his word is standing up in me and helping me to endure and stabilizing me through every trial and tribulation that I face in life. I don't wait. Uh, I, I, I don't wait till my tooth started hurting and started going to the dentist. No, I, I'm doing some maintenance stuff beforehand so that it won't happen. He says, as I'm taking in his word and I'm digesting his word, it's going to formulate into stronger roots. It's just, it's going to happen. If I keep taking in that word and digesting that word, it's going to take up roots so that every little thing I won't be, I, I won't be, I won't be overtaken by. I won't be easily offended because I got that word down in there. I'll be able to forgive if they apologize or not because I got the word down in there. I can be able to hear stuff and won't be shattered because I got the word down on the inside. And I won't be moved by every storm and every issue and everything that comes up. I might be a little shaken, but I won't be overtaken by it because I have the word down. I got deep roots down on the inside. That's stabilizing me and helping me to endure tough seasons. Look at what it also says. He says, they're like trees planted along the riverbank, bearing fruit each season. God help me. Bearing fruit each season. Notice what the psalmist does not say. He does not give the condition of the seasons. He just says you're bearing fruit each season. So the psalmist lives out what Romans 8, 28 says, that he'll work all things together for your good. But even in bad stuff, even in crazy stuff, even in chaotic situations, even in stuff that's just mind-blowing and loose and absurd, God can be able to cause us to bear fruit in every season of 
our lives. Pastor, well, how, how, how? How could God grow fruit? Because the word that has been implanted on the inside of us, the word that we have been chewing on, it is going to show itself and reveal itself in our lives in crazy situations. Okay. Something jump off in your health. And you're trying to figure out why you got peace. Because you've been chewing on the word that he will keep my mind in perfect peace as long as I keep my mind stayed on him. How oh, you get in financial trouble and you're trying to figure out why you're not all, why you're not all upset, not, why you're not trying to go out and sell weed and other stuff like that. He says, because you realize that my father owned the cattle on a thousand hills. You, you realize the earth is the Lord's and the fullness of You're chewing on his word and reminding yourself of what God has said in his word concerning you. So in those situations, I'm able to bear fruit because his word begins to live out in my life. And what he does, according to John 15, to make sure that you bear fruit, he starts pruning stuff. He starts pruning and, and, and removing leaves and weaves and all that and, 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 and to help us to be productive and to yield much fruit. In the season. He says so that in every season that you and I are able to bear fruit, their leaves will never wither and they prosper in all that they do. Do you see how he's talking to us through his word? That he's given us the ingredients if we desire to grow stronger in our walk and our relationship with God. It starts with a desire. You got to want it. I can't want it for you. You got to want it for yourself. You got to want it. Because more than I, yes, if something happened to me, sister swims in the swim, sister, they'd be well, very well taken care of. Thank God for life insurance. Thank God for all of that stuff. But I want to leave a spiritual inheritance for my girls. I want them to know that I've lived God before them, I've showed Christ before them, I've told them about God enough that when daddy is long and gone off the scene, they have an inheritance, a spiritual legacy to know daddy's gone, but we still got God. And that legacy starts now, parents, in how I live before them in a godly way. How I love on their mama. How I treat them. How they see me practicing what they see daddy preaching every week. But they don't say that daddy is pastor swims at home, but he's a hell, he, he's pastor swims at church, but he's a hellion at home. That they're not seeing a dual lifestyle for me. The question if God is real because they've seen how daddy has lived. I want to leave a spiritual inheritance for my kids that will outlast the money they'll get. But something they'll have forever. Do you desire to grow? 
ask yourself the question, am I taking advantage of every growth opportunity that my church presents? Or am I looking for a way out? Or am I too busy? Am I too busy? As convenient as church is now, Jesus, that you can roll over in your bed and have church. Literally, we talked about that years ago, but people are doing it for real, you can roll over. Ain't got to wash your face, brush your teeth or nothing, just get up and go. Roll over and have church. As convenient as it is, some still, still don't take advantage of it. Church back in person. I'm not comfortable being back. But you go to an R. Kelly concert. Not R. Kelly. Lord, help me. Jesus, help me. Who I'm outdated. Gladys Knight, I go to Gladys Knight concert, reunion concert. Right, there we go, that's a little bit better. 15,000 people there. You live on Facebook, Snapchat, TikTok. And as good God has been over the past three years, can't come to church. Am I taking advantage? of every growth opportunity that my church presents. Not calling in for Sunday school, calling in for Sunday school. Am I tuning in for Zoom for a small group? Am I taking advantage of every growth opportunity to grow? Mind you, ain't no fees for the classes. Look at God. but a pastor you follow on social media can charge $10,000 for a class and you will take it. But won't support your local church or your pastor, the one that if you get sick, they'll come see you. I, am I taking advantage of every growth opportunity to grow? Because if it's a desire, you will. And if it's not, you won't. But don't be surprised when you're overtaken by every storm that comes in your life because there's no roots for you. Here it is. I'm done. I done made some folks mad. Oh, I didn't say I was sorry. I just said I made some folks mad. <laughs> Here it is. Here's the big idea. If you didn't hear nothing else I said, nothing grows without an intentional, strategic plan of action. Nothing changes. Nothing happens if there's no plan. Nothing happens. Nothing changes without a plan. Most people complain about things that they don't want to make a plan for. Because it's easy to complain, but it's work to make a plan. Have you ever met somebody when you introduce them a plan for something that they complain about and they shut down and just stop talking to you for a moment? Because they really don't want to change. 
all they want to do is complain. If you desire to grow in your walk with God, it is not going to happen without an intentional plan, meaning that you're doing this deliberately, meaning that you're doing this on purpose, and that you're being strategic about it. When are you making time to be with God undistracted? We've done stuff over the years. First of the year, Sister Sharonda a few years ago made us a beautiful handbook, 21 days. Oh, you know, we're praying, for, and we did the 21 days, but then after the 21 days was over, folks went back to doing what they did before. We did it, got involved with it, but then we stopped because our true feelings and desires revealed themselves. Nothing changes in our life without an intentional plan, uh, with being intentional and strategic. When are you carving out time to be with God undistracted? When are you making time to be with God where you can be able to know that it's God speaking to you and not be confused, oh, that was the TV. No, 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 no. You know that it's God because it's just you and him. Is it in the morning? Is it in the afternoon? Is it in the evening? Time frame might be 15 minutes. But here it is, saints. The idea is for that to be a starting point, not to be forever. I would be a lousy husband if my attention span as friend with Brittany was just 15 minutes. Lousy. Horrible husband. The idea is for that to be a starting point, because y'all know what it's like when it's fresh love and stuff, y'all be on the phone and stuff. You hang up now, you hang up. <laughs> on the count of three, we both hang up. One, two, three, you didn't even hang up, you're still here. <laughs> y'all did it. Got in trouble because you was on the phone and had church the next day. You start off with that. That's not the end goal. The end goal is that we, me being with God, that it's not even a time frame that I enjoy being with him. I know you have work, but you have to plan for those moments. You have to plan. If you have to rise earlier than normal, to have undistracted time to be with God, intentional time with God, do it. If you're going to make time when everybody go to sleep, do it. I've been trying to train myself to get up at 5 o'clock in the morning and spend time with God before everybody's up, before I start my day. I was doing good. One day, the alarm clock went off. I said, okay, master. I said, Lord, I can't wait to be with you today. You know what? I'm going to lay before the Lord today in the bed. It was the biggest <laughs> mistake I could have made. Because <sighs> I, I think I said, thank you. I said, Lord, I thank you. And the next thing you know, it was 6 o'clock. I went back to sleep. I know I, I, I got to get up out the bed. The bed, the bed. The bed would take me back. I got to get up. I have to get up. I cannot be in the bed. <laughs> I can't do it. You got to be intentional. I have to be strategic. If there's a place that you have to go that you know that this is my time to be with God, this is the place that I meet him. I love that because in the Old Testament, they had they have places that they would name and mark that this is where God revealed himself. This is where God showed himself. You know, when Abraham was tested, they went up there. He said, I'm going to call this place Mount Moriah. It was to signify this is what God provided. This is where I seen God reveal himself. 
We have to set a time. We have to make a place. We got to have a plan. What am I reading? What do I start? What version of the Bible am I reading? Eliminating all the excuses so that I can be able to get into his word. If I got questions, man, I have a pastor. We got preachers. We got Sunday school teachers that can help. Hey, maybe Sunday school would be a good start for me to be able to grow. Maybe with me getting with a seasoned saint that they're, 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 they're longer in this walk with Christ and they're still yet maturing, but they can disciple me. Old school, huh? People are paying for life coaches, but are you looking to pay somebody to disciple you? Is that not a part? Is that not a part of your life? Nothing grows without an intentional, strategic plan of action. I want to be a church that have great events, but sloppy disciples. I want to have a room full of people that they don't know how to pray for somebody else. Nothing grows without a plan. And if you want to grow, you got to have a plan. And that plan is the word of God growing in you so that you have deep roots that will stabilize you, give you endurance to face whatever challenges that life brings. Ooh, it's heavy in here. Let's pray. I'm done. God, we thank you now. God, we praise you. God, we magnify you. And we lift you up. Reset our hearts, God. Reset our minds. Reset, reset our priorities. That we desire to grow. that we desire to love your word. Everything we need to be successful in life is found in your word, God. We want to be better husbands is in your word, better wives, navigating our singleness, parenting, whatever it is, God, it is in your word. I pray that we'll be a people that have high view of scripture, high priority of scripture, major love for your word that we grow and be disciples so that we can be able to disciple others. That we just won't be milk saints but that we can take meat. I pray that you convict our hearts. Show us the error of our ways. And it's so good to know that you're gracious in it, oh God, to get us back on track. In the strong name of Jesus, we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, clap those hands real good this morning.